0: Is Dr. Tamara Beckford with your caring docs, and this is our Docs Who Care show. That's right. So, today, for those of you guys who've ever thought about docs who live in paycheck to paycheck, what? Um, yes, it happens, it happens. And this doc right here, one of my sister docs, she's here to try to help especially our women physicians out there to get rid of this money hang up, right? No more money hang ups, no more living paycheck to paycheck, no more feeling embarrassed and hiding behind the shame like, oh my gosh, I'm a doctor, I should know this. Nah, we're about to demystify all of that today. But let me bring my lovely doc in, in our Your Caring Docs fashion, because I know y'all know who she is. For For those who don't know, After I finish introducing you, you'll know. So this lovely doctor, she's a graduate of University of California, San Francisco School of Medicine. Then she left the California A section and then she went to New York and she did a residency at the Icahn School of Medicine, Mount Sinai. And then she says, you know what? I'm going back to the California I A. So my lovely doc did a fellowship in gastroenterology. That's why she's the GI doc. So if I said, California love, that's right. Hey, she's a GI doc and did her fellowship at University of California, um, Davis. But as most of my docs, they don't stop there. They're like, you know what? I need more. I know there's more out there. So let me see how I can help others, right? So she became a certified life coach. She is a money coach. She's also the founder of Money Fit. MD, where she has a money coaching school for the bad ooh, women physicians <laughs> who that. want to have freedom in how and when they practice medicine. She wants to help those who want to make some money, right? To live freely and stop living paycheck to paycheck. They want to build a solid nest egg. This is our doc who's here to help all of you guys who are interested in everything that I just mentioned. We have the one and only- Dr. Latifat Akintade, aka the Money Fit MD. Woo! I'm like dancing in the background yes, here. Yes, 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 yes. Welcome, uh, welcome, welcome to thank you. the show. Our doc lady, doc money, doc. Cha-ching, ching. It ding, it
1: ding, baby i'm good i'm good no thank you so much for having me i love your show i love you you know that i love your energy i love what you're doing and it's truly just a pleasure to come hang out with you in oh. your hood
0: oh thank you thank you thank you so much so now you know i know a lot of people are like hey we want to hear about the money i know y'all do but we also know that before Dr. Latifah became the money fit indeed, she was someone who decided, you know what, I wanted to become a doctor. So I want to know what made you decide to go into medicine?
1: So I grew up in Nigeria, I moved to the US at the age of 17. Mm -hmm. And honestly, I don't know why I chose to be a physician specifically. And the reason why is when you talk to people, people had all those examples. Mm -hmm. And I had none like that. In Mm -hmm. fact, I had examples of what medicine should not look like. And I think my interest in medicine actually started from a space of, I think I can do a better job than that.
0: I think a lot of people who get into whatever particular field or business, they're like, I could do that better. So I love it. <laughs> yeah, that's
1: how it started. And my parents were not physicians. My parents are didn't go to college or anything like that. So there were no doctors in my family. Mm-hmm. But once they found that I was kind of interested, they encouraged me like, oh, hallelujah, she's interested. Let's <laughs> try right here. And they just were like, yeah, you can do it. You should do it. Mm-hmm. And so it, at a young age, it actually became part of my identity mm-hmm. that she is the one that's going to be a doctor. Wow. Which was interesting, actually.
0: Wow. So they're like, you know what? Yeah. You can do it. You're, lo- you're looking like, I want to do this. Like, yes. well, why not? Why yes. not? You know, you're there like, I could do this better. I love it. So now you're there, you know, boom, did all the studies, got into med school. But then while you're there, you decided to go in and be a GI doc. For those who don't know what the GI doc is, we call them, from the rooter to the tutor, they say, that's what I call right? You take care of anything that's going in until it comes out, going in your mouth and it comes out the you know where. All righty. So what made you decide to be a GI doc?
1: You know, it's interesting. My experience with the medical field was really, really limited. And then when I moved here in the, to the US, I knew nothing about being a doctor. I didn't know you needed a four-year degree to mm-hmm. medical. like I knew nothing. I was mm-hmm. freaking out, had to learn everything from scratch. I remember when I was in community college, Mm -hmm. Second, first year, I -hmm. found out that you had to apply to med school a year before you went in. And I remember running to my advisor's office, like crying, like I missed the deadline. (laughs) And the guy's like, "Uh, no, you had not even in a four-year college. (laughs) Like I knew nothing about nothing. Right. Right. So even being a GI doc, I didn't even know that was a field. Mm -hmm. I'm being honest here until I was in med school. So I went into med school. I thought I was going to go into primary care. I thought I was going to be a pediatrician. Mm -hmm. So that was like my path. And, you know, I love my primary care docs to to this day. And then I was in third year. Mm-hmm. med school when i did my surgery rotation and i loved loved the procedures i loved the procedures i'm <laughs> like but i don't know i didn't, just didn't fit into the surgeons that i had around me. and i went to ucsf i yeah. didn't fit into the surgeons that i was seeing around me mm-hmm. and then i also found out that i could sit down for hours reading about diverticulosis and diverticulitis and <laughs> right right i mean right and then right. So I had this like Herter. crisis. I, I love f- it. I found my mentor and I was like, I don't understand. I love medicine. I want the brain of an internal medicine doctor. I love your brain, but I love reading about diverticulosis and I love being in the or. And he's like, well, there is this field of gastroenterology. What about, have you thought about my gastro what? So that's how I learned wow. about career. I mean, we're done like GI systems, but in terms mm-hmm. of actual career mm-hmm. as a GI doc, that is how I realized that it could be a thing for me. And then I connected with another mentor, Mm -hmm. did research with him in the field of IBD and I'm going to share this because I know your audience is really, really broad, but the crazy thing was, and then I found IBD and I'm like, number one, I want a primary care so I can serve my people. Here I'm going into GI and liver diseases and hepatitis and autoimmune issues. What the heck? And Mm -hmm. here I am talking about IBD. This is what's traditionally not a Black people disease, right? Right. So I'm like, how do I do those things that seems to be taking me far away from the people that I want to serve, which is kind of really crazy because- the mentor that I did my research with in IBD -hmm. In UCSF, wrote me my personal statement, and actually now works for a different TPMG that I work with, and we work together as part of like the (laughs) regional directorship and management of IBD in Northern California. So it's like a full circle, Circle. and just a joy to do what I do and serve my patients of diverse backgrounds, including blacks and browns and yellow and everything else, Mm -hmm. with what I know in GI. So I'm living my clinical. Dream to be honest.
0: Oh, with. I love it from first from like, eh, yeah, I could do this medicine thing. I don't know what it is. I'm not, you know, to hey, I think I missed the deadline. And you're like, no, you're like, you know, you still have a year or two, <laughs> three. <laughs> <laughs> I know, it's like I missed the deadline to get into med school to apply to med school, and then you know you get exposed, and you're like, I love. This surgical thing, but I'm not sure being a surgeon is what I want. And then you're like, I'm reading about this stuff diverticulitis. Never, this is so interesting. And there's a field that deals with this. Hey, match made in heaven. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful way. Get introduced to a field that you love and you're thriving in. But you know, one of the many known things that happens with most of us who go to med school is that when we come out of med school, we are in debt. Now people hear it, but I don't think people, some some people truly feel and understand the debt. Like if you even look at one of our prior guests, um, Dr. Jordan Frey, when he finished medical school and his training, he was a half a million dollars in debt what yeah right woosa a half a mil so this is something that's happening consistently now at this particular recording it is april now what's exciting is that the month after april is may and guess what happens during may a lot of people graduate and guess what happens their debts Get slammed in the face. Thank you so much for all that you have sacrificed in your education, but here is how much you owe, right? And that six months grace period is probably gone for a lot of people. And so now they have to deal with that, right? So tell us this money hang ups. When did you decide like, hey, I realize like I'm deep in this and I need to do something?
1: I feel everything you've said right now to my bones, because I finished med school six-figuring dad, but Mm -hmm. I was too broke and too busy to even Focus on it, mm-hmm. right? And I also had family responsibilities. My siblings and I lived together during mm-hmm. times in my training, and so I did not have the luxury of even having any extra as a resident. Mm-hmm. And I lived in New York. My younger sister lived with me, so you know, paying for I'm paying for housing and mm-hmm. food and and all that good stuff. So we were not splurging; we were surviving. Absolutely. And I didn't do anything with my loans, except whatever the heck I could do to get it out of my face. Mm -hmm. So I don't care, call it for bear, call it defer. I don't know if you're charging me interest or not. I just don't want to see it. Mm -hmm. And I did that for six years. I did that during residency and I did that during fellowship as well. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then I had my come to Jesus moment, which was number one, I know nothing about money. I know I have this debt. I've decided that I want to do GI in an employed setting. Mm -hmm. And there was a ton of burnout around me. So at that point, I had two kids. Now I have three kids. So I Mm -hmm. looked around and honestly, there's nothing more scary or motivating as a woman afraid of being a burnt out, disempowered mom. And that was the why that Mm -hmm. made me know that I could not keep running from my money. Mm -hmm. So I knew that I had to figure out what do I own? What do I owe? And I needed to come up with a plan because, again, the thought of not seeing my kids the Mm -hmm. way it had been the last you know, years of training, the thought of not being able to make my own decisions because I'm going to be employed. And I, it's a decision that I entered into consciously, knowing mm-hmm. that I wanted to be an employed physician because I want to take care of patients with IBD, which is best done in an academic or large hospital system. Right. I wanted to be able to provide tertiary level of care to my patients. And I knew that it was going to be hard to do that in a solo practice. Mm-hmm. So this was very intentional relationship that I was entering into, but I knew that in order to enjoy that relationship and not lose myself in that relationship, I had to get my money-ish together. So Mm -hmm. that was my why. And Mm -hmm. Every one of us, we all have our why. And mm-hmm. if you don't have your why, find a why because the journey is not going to be easy. The journey is not going to be straightforward. Your brain is going to show you all the ways you're going to mess it up. Absolutely. And the only reason why
0: you're going to keep going is when your why is strong enough. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you know, when you're hearing these stories, about um, like even in training, like I remember in training, I trained in Philly and and I remember I had an overnight, when you're on call, you have to stay in the hospital. I mean, we're training, you're going to these hospitals, you're having to pay for parking. Um, (laughs) I remember when I left the parking garage, my bank account, like I had to pay for the parking. I had $25 left in my banking account. I'm like, I have $25. I'm not getting paid until whatever day. How am I going to survive? I mean, these are things that's going through. So, when you're seeing your residents and your fellows and they're smiling in your face, they're eating ramen noodles at night and they're really suffering. Yep. <laughs> and there's a lot that's going on, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. So, now you had all of this in your face, the six figure debt. The recognizes you're looking around and you're seeing, you know, your lovely kids. You wanna be this mom that is able to not bring the stress of money and lack thereof, and where is it coming from? And how am I gonna pay all this debt off at home? You wanna be able to come home and home be a place of rest and happiness. Um, so you know, you decided to make a choice. And not only did you make the choice, you actually acted on it. So now, when did that happen? And what was the first step that you did?
1: Great question. So that happened when I started my attendantship and this was just six years ago. Mm -hmm. So y'all, six years ago, I knew zero about money. And Mm -hmm. I'm not saying like, oh, I knew a little bit. And I was just, no, I knew like nothing about money. Mm -hmm. I didn't even know what a freaking 401k was. Mm -hmm. I tried learning it, but it all sounded like a different language. And when you're afraid of looking at the mirror, even the simplest information is going to feel like a mountain. And that's what happened. Mm -hmm. So I was running away from, because I was going to judge myself. How come you don't know this? Even though Mm -hmm. no one taught us in med school, Mm -hmm. how come it, you know, you let, your debt accumulated this amount of interest when if you had done something and paid something. Like, so there was stuff that I was running away from. But mm-hmm. again, my why was so strong. Because again, nobody wants to be disempowered, burn out, leaving paycheck to paycheck. Absolutely. And so- I had to come up with a plan for myself. And the plan wasn't pretty, though it was like pretty scrappy, really. It was just right. like get your ish together. <laughs> <what
0: I'm> <laughs> it was like get your stuff together plan. Come get, to Jesus. Get,
1: get your shit together plan, right? And the thing is, I had to start with where is my money even going? Mm. Something that simple. Mm-hmm. Like when I'm earning this money, when I'm gathering this money that I'm earning, what am I doing with it that is still making it look like I don't have anything left? Mm. And mm. what changed was that in the past, judgment was going to be the heaviest emotion that I was bringing into it. But mm. I chose to change that. And instead of judgment, I came into it with curiosity.
0: Oh, which I is, like that. Let's even
1: see, like, let's even, let's find this out.
0: Yeah, instead of, like, I can't believe, let's say, oh, I wonder where. I wonder where the money is going, because
1: I'm not selling it necessarily, Mm -hmm. I'm not throwing it down the like I'm not physically tr- so something is happening and I'm just curious let's find it it's like trying to find a pen in your bag you know like mm-hmm. oh I suck this you know you're like where is this pen hiding or where is this kid hiding yeah. in the house like where yeah are you? right I
0: hear you but where, where are you, where are you? <laughs>
1: yeah. like that level is what I think is the best approach to do it so oh, that's I what that. I had to find where was my money going? Do I like where it's going? Like, is it actually doing what I wanted to do? And Mm -hmm. for me at that moment, my focus was my student debt. And my focus was the fact that, I mean, I, and this is one thing that I've also found because it was not unique. I thought I was the only one. Uh And guys, if you're watching, I don't care what it is about money. You're not the only one, but I thought I was the only one that didn't know about money. Mm -hmm. I thought I was the only one that didn't have it figured out. I thought I was the only one that had, I I honestly thought that there was a class that I missed in medical school. Like everybody else went to this class. They all knew what they were doing except me.
0: Yeah. Everybody else figured it out except me class, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like that
1: was a story that I had in my head for a long time. Everybody else's parents paid their student debt pay for their student, their tuition. That Mm -hmm. was a story that I had in my head. Like the war is me, I'm the only one. That was part of my story for a long time, Mm. right? And I just had to decide, okay, what is, is already is. And now I get to decide what I want the future to be like, what do I want to teach my kids and my mm-hmm. nephews and my nieces? Like, what do I want them to think about in life? And then um, that's really the motivation behind everything that I did was now, okay, let's see where this money is going. Mm-hmm. I know that I want to accumulate it so I can pay my student debt. That was my focus. Then my style is a little bit different now, but right. I want to focus it into paying off my student debt. So I really was like, let me go gather it from the spaces there are going so I can use Use it for what I actually want to use it for.
0: Wonderful. Wonderful. I love what I think is so um, emboldened about what you have described is it really starts with your mind, moving from a place of judgment, because that is one of the hardest challenges to really overcome because uh, the way that we talk to ourselves on a consistent basis, we will never talk to another person person that way. And the thought that we have for ourselves when you're really just, you know, we're so harsh and we're very judgmental. So I love that the step one is really before you're even finding out where your money is, you move from a place of being judgmental to just a place of curiosity, saying like, you know, okay, let me, Look for this money, but curiously do it, not judgmentally do it right. So, no, I'm not going to be upset that I gave myself a treat one day and I got ice cream. How dare you get ice cream for two dollars and fifty cents when you still have your two hundred thousand dollar loans? No, we're not doing that. We're saying, Well, where did that 250 go? Oh, oh, I went and I bought ice cream with it. Okay, that's interesting. Okay, you know, so it's just a different approach to talking to yourself, to really empowering yourself in order to make that change, because when you're doing it from a place of curiosity, then you're more likely to search for the different places where the money is. Right. If you're doing it from a place of judgment, I don't know about you, but I don't like being judged, so I'm not going to look for it.
1: Absolutely, and when we think about the reason why we do things mm-hmm. or not do things, a lot of it is how we think we're going to feel about it, right? Absolutely. If you're like, oh, every time I look at my investment, I remind myself of how sucky I am, of how bad I am. see Latifat. You're so bad with money. You're never high I'm not even sure why you practice medicine, or how anybody will trust your clinical judgment when you don't mm-hmm. even know how to do money. Right? Like Absolutely. all this brain drama, Absolutely. and honestly, our medical training hasn't helped right mm-hmm. money till this day I just recorded a podcast on my own podcast before this and I was just like went on and how like money is remained a taboo topic in medicine
0: absolutely
1: right no absolutely. one talks about it in fact when you talk about it it's like you're saying you're anti-science right <laughs> it's like saying you're like how dare you ask for appropriate pay for the amazing work you're doing like Mm -hmm. right it's just like crazy to me and so we bring we already are Mm -hmm. we work hard we expect so much of ourselves and then we're in this culture of medicine where so much is asked of us it's almost like we're asked to not be humans and then we embody that we internalize Mm -hmm. that and now we're high achievers perfectionism tendency people that were never taught about money that Mm -hmm. was given the side eye by our colleagues. And we said, I don't know if I want this job. They don't pay me at all. Right. Mm -hmm. And now we're here in our room thinking we're the only person that doesn't have a seven figure net worth yet.
0: Yeah. And not understanding. And, you know, you're right. Because I, and I think that the culture of um, money within medicine It's, um, you know, consistent with the, well, this is an altruistic um, field. So you're going in and you're doing all of this. And yes, we're doing it because we want to, you know, that is there, But the amount of training that goes in, if we did all of this because we wanted to and we did not have to pay to get it done, right? Remember, for us to even get to this point, money was involved. But the money required us having to give to pay for it. And many of us did not have the money to pay or have the parents who can pay for it, right? So we had to take out loans. So yes, we had to pay to get to this point. So at the same time, after all of this training and you know, we are expecting to earn, but not only that, we owe. <laughs> We didn't go into this and come out like at zero, like, "Wow, this is great. Now you can go ahead and start working. We owe a lot of money, yeah, yep. and doing a lot of the training, we can't pay for it. So we are like we say, put it in deferment or forbearance. And the interest rate is accumulating. And some people's interest rate accumulates to the point of almost sixty thousand dollars of just interest, mm-hmm. sixty thousand. Oh, more
1: than that for sure. Yeah.
0: More than that. exactly. That's a lower end. So we really have to keep in mind how money is the currency that you know is an exchange. It's not making us bad physicians because we want to earn money. And period, because we're even working harder and harder and harder. If you really look at how life has changed for most physicians, this um, you know, there is m- what we use the word burnout is multifactorial, but part of it is the fact that we're working harder and we're expected to do more and more. And then if you really look and you talk to our f- physician colleagues, we're starting to earn less and less, but we want you to do more and more and I want you to do it faster. Now go.
1: Yep. <laughs> and be exactly. happy. <laughs> exactly. And that's so, here's the deal. My thing is, I the rules exist. Absolutely. Many of the rules don't work. We know that, yet we try to force our body into something that doesn't work. That is called craziness and ridiculosity. (laughs) And we have all been a part of it, including me, right? Mm -hmm. And the key now is I've increased my awareness to the point where if it doesn't work, we need to change it right Right. Mm -hmm. why we're hurting ourselves right burnt out there is the systematic the systemic issue and then there's also our issue Mm -hmm. with our issue in a relationship that has a tendency towards abuse we need to change so that this will be forced to change this is not going to change unless we force it to change and the way we change is by focusing on this power of one decreasing our own burnout, getting our money crap together, for lack of a better term. And that's what's going to make the system change.
0: Because mm-hmm. there's a thing. T- now, one of the um aspects of your life that I think is so powerful, you know, when we're talking about burnout and systemic changes, like that's something that we recognize that's going on. But there's still a lot of physicians who don't want to leave medicine. And you're one of them. You love what you're doing. But one of the ways for you to really increase your love for your job is the fact that you have the independence to love your job and not be demanding. And, um, you know, th- so you're going there because you want to do this. You know, yes. so that's what the power of this financial Freedom allows you, which I think this is what you're trying to establish in a lot of these women in your course.
1: Absolutely. In fact, yesterday, I gave two talks yesterday at my hospital, which I don't normally even talk about stuff like this. I give one, which is how to not be resilient I'm tired of y'all trying to be resilient. It's burning us the crap out. Um, <laughs> and the second one is the money mix that keeps women stuck. Mm-hmm. And the key is part of this is the things we've talked about this money. The, if I'm a good physician, I should only care about people and not ask for money. In mm-hmm. fact, I've switched. I've flipped the switch, which is when we don't think about ourselves, when mm-hmm. we don't think about our own burnout, when we don't think about our money, it is actually a little bit selfish because mm-hmm. what happens up happening is we're now out of the game. And so all those people we care about, ourselves, our Mm -hmm. family, our community, our patient, now we're not able to do what we want to do for the long haul because we were not selfless enough to not think about the boxes that we need to break ourselves out of. So let's flip the switch.
0: Yes. And that's what I think. I think it's so powerful, like we're saying about the self. Being selfless, it's not really helping anyone because people who are selfless consistently they're the ones who they're given 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 and then at the end where what else is there to give nothing and if nothing is left for you to give that means that there's nothing for others to receive right so if the Absolutely. whole point is to be able to help others you have to be filled within oneself in order to be able to give to other and thriving and surviving, understanding that you have this power and be able to really feel that power by empowering yourself with different aspects of real life. Like, you know, I, I'm all about self-care. You know, you're about self-care too in the financial self because if you, are, if you feel financially stable, that reduces your stress. If you reduce your stress, you're happier. If you're happier, you're going to do things that make you happy. If you are happy, your family's happy. Your family's happy, your community's happy because you're doing things for the community. If you're not happy, the last thing you're going to be doing is going out to the community and doing things for the community, right? So we can see how this ripples over. So having a part of the self-care and financial self-care is so important. Now, here's the thing about it too. You have this school that you've done. Made up for your ladies, you know your money fit MD school. So tell me, when you started this school, did you believe that where you are now, you were going to get here? Look at your face. You're like, Mm-mm.
1: shoot. <laughs> listen, y'all. Listen. If you ever wait to get the clear picture of your destination, you're waiting too long. Mm. You're waiting too long, and your dream is too small. Mm. your dream is too small and the reason why I say that is I say that with true humility just looking at my own journey mm-hmm. I mean I formally so I learned about money for myself I didn't have the nerve to teach listen y'all my goal was to be a great physician that was my only goal in life mm-hmm. great physician great human great mom have vacation breathe a little don't kill myself you know be well give to my world that's that's it and I oh, thought it? my giving was going to be only through medicine, but then it was really when the pandemic started that I was mm-hmm. like, I have, everyone was freaking out about money. Nobody knew what was going to happen. My colleagues didn't know what they're like, they We're whispering, we don't know, we're going to get a paycheck. Like, and yeah. I had zero worry about money. Which was a beautiful thing because I could worry about the more important things like health, like safety, like relationship, like giving to people for emotional support, Mm -hmm. right? And that's the thing. The reason why we need to take money takes up so much time in our brain, worrying about it, avoiding it, that it makes it distracts from the other things with more important things that we need to do. So Mm -hmm. when we take care of money, it moves it's taken care of so you can actually leave completely and rest and vacate and give to the world and create whatever amazing genius wants to come Mm -hmm. out through you, right? So for me, it was really the pandemic that was like, I have to, I don't have, I didn't feel like I had a choice to be honest, because Mm. I'm like, I cannot have this gift, this tools, that I have that is different from what I've seen, what I wish I had six years ago and not share it. But of mm-hmm. course I had my own brain trauma. So mm-hmm. I started small. I'm like, okay, I'm just going to see, you know, teach one, teach one, teach one. And then later on I was like, okay, I got work to do. Everybody in the world still worried about money. I got to scale this up. So I yes. went group. I didn't know how to do it. I just like, okay, Zoom, people do all kinds of fancy stuff. I don't know what they're talking about. Video, <laughs> me. Hello, typos, let's do this. But all I know is I have this knowledge, and I know that if I help women learn how to get their own version of the knowledge, get mm-hmm. the financial education, get the coaching skills to work on their real, real money issues, not the fake money issues right. that we're talking, but the real deal about mm-hmm. the money issues. If I combine those together, I seen how this has helped me. I've seen how it's helped my family. I've seen how it's helped my friends, like primary care doctors, paying off their student loans, Mm. like negotiating for their worth in pay, diversifying their sources of income. Like they're living life. And they're like, we joke around actually, (laughs) you know? We joke around and they say things like, well, I'm just a primary care doctor. I'm like, oh, whatever, right? (laughs) I was like, what the hell? Where did that just even come from, right? Mm -hmm. And the thing is, everybody can have like pediatricians killing it doing it and that's the thing I'm like this is important knowledge but I still had my own drama so what did I do Mm -hmm. now I can do it in eight weeks so I started doing it in eight weeks and it was helping women but then women would go through the eight weeks they would learn all the stuff they would do it but guess what they're left with after their brain their human brain like Mm -hmm. and it's The brain we all have that comes up and shows up anytime we're trying to do anything great in life. Uh, So now mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, let's do that. Your women are doing great. They now have the financial education. They've learned the 20%. They need to master 80% of their finances and they've learn the tools and now they're going out in the world and guess what comes up later in six months their human brain comes up and it's like you can't oh, do it dare you. How you
0: why, can... why do you think you can do it? How How tell I mean, like, you you know like like you could have done it six months ago but now
1: yeah, so I know right so what that did was it made my program naturally evolve from being an eight weeks school only to mm-hmm. more of a lifetime community where they still get the tools in eight weeks they still learn but now they're in in the community they still pay the same price they were paying before but instead of running away into the world and being left with their brain they now have my brain my tools and the amazing women which is like worth its weight in gold Absolutely. women support community amazing and yes. so it's been such it's been a gift for me to witness the journey mm-hmm. myself it's been a gift for me to see what women do when they have communities of women with them mm-hmm. right and it's just been it's just it's I'm grateful that I get to be a part of this. And physicians, we deserve to be free because our freedom is mm-hmm. our genius. We know what happens when physicians are not free. This is what happens when physicians are not free. Mm-hmm. This, burnout, unwell, unwell paycheck to paycheck living, our patients thinking we don't care about them, right? Mm -hmm. Everything we are right now is the result of physicians thinking and believing that we're not free. So my question and my hypothesis and what my goal is for this time is really what happens when physicians are financially liberated? We have money. We burn out less. We're better physicians. We practice medicine as much or as little as we want. We can choose to be stay home. We don't care if we get fired because guess what? We're resourceful. We are fine. We can do this ish, right? And I truly believe that physicians that are financially liberated are those that are going to change medicine. And that is Mm. what I'm doing with my money coaching school for badass women physicians.
0: Yes. 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 You guys hear that? For those who are financially liberated, yes, making changes in the world. Why? The ability and that creativity comes in. It's hard to be creative when you're under any type of restraints, financial restraint especially. And so the creativity that comes with taking care of our patients, helping to solve some of the problems that are there within healthcare, not just medicine alone, but within healthcare overall, Happens when there's a uh, financial freedom involved. We are some people saying yes, yes to the freedom. <laughs> yes, freedom yeah. is our genius. Absolutely, freedom. absolutely. Freedom. We have to say hello, hello to our wonderful Dr. Mitra Yazafar. Yes, thank you. She's shouting out, also from the California A and yes. also our wonderful. Dr. Kayshawna Guidry also giving you some California love. Hello, so California. All my Cali people, hello, hello, hello. All righty. So now, you know, <laughs> we got you, Dr. Latifat, talking about financial freedom for our women physician. And, you know, she went through what made her decide to do this and how she's doing it and the community that she has built to help our women physician. But we want to know. Right, Dr. Latifah, when you out here and you're not doing all of this, what are you doing for health, for your self-care?
1: What I do for my self-care, it's it's based on a principle of imperfection. So okay. my self-care is actually imperfection, which I love. Mm-hmm. Um, so I do everything this from is the a first space- time that
0: I'm hearing imperfection is self-care, which but I do love because you know, we're all constantly, evolving. So go ahead. Tell me about the imperfection. So
1: I do everything imperfectly. I eat imperfectly, which means I always give it my best shot, but I don't expect myself to be perfect at it. Mm -hmm. I exercise imperfectly, which means I try to do it as much as I can, but I don't expect myself to be perfect at it. But Mm -hmm. the things that I love doing the most, I love hanging out with my kids. Um, One word that I've been doing a lot of is indulge. I love the idea of indulging in whatever it is we're doing. So I indulge in my children. We spend time deeply together. Mm -hmm. I enjoy relationships a lot, my spouse, my siblings, and I also do everything I can to get to the ocean. That is the biggest thing for me. I love the ocean. I think if you don't love the ocean, I don't understand what kind of life you...
0: <laughs> <laughs> How could you not? <laughs> no, just,
1: those are the those are serial killers. If you don't love the ocean, I'm worried about you. I'm worried, worried about, about you. you. I'm we worried have about somebody
0: you. saying, hey, 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 <laughs> from the Oklahoma. So. Hello. Hi Welcome there. Back. Hello, hello, hello. So Dr. Latifat is one of our other ocean lovers. We've had yes, a couple please. of our ocean lovers lovers here on our show okay now my fun question of the day okay dr latifa and i of course yes i have a beat drumming up in my head and i'm always dancing yes girl so if you weren't a doctor uh uh-huh what would you be let me know
1: So I have this childhood dream which I've let go of because I it's not I it's completely fine. I've let go of it. Hey, my we dream have some was
0: say backup dances up in here. <laughs> yes, I up go ahead. <laughs> well, I would not
1: be a dancer and, and I would not be a loyal, so I can't it. either, but... <laughs> So what I would have been if I was not a physician is I probably would have been a hairstylist.
0: Oh, I love it. Let me see yes. if I have do I have another stylist? Here, no, I don't have a stylist. I have a DJ, DJ mm-hmm. Silver Fox, that's okay. Rebecca Lauderdale, okay. yes, <laughs> travel journalist, gardener. Um, and we have an urban developer. Mm. And so, I think you're the first us. We have a couple interior decorators, Dr. Neka, um, and you know, Dr. Una, she's a uh, and um, so is also my uh, other best friend. We actually have three interior decorators, so Dr. Una. Yeah and um Dr. Jeannie Lawrence and okay. Dr um yes Dr Doris are some of our interior decorators but you are my first stylist I love it
1: and it's not that I'm good at it but I like different hairstyles and I right. think it's so much gives a lot of joy mm-hmm. it's so much fun so I would have done that I mean now I would say probably real estate because we do that and I'd love real estate mm-hmm. but you know I'd rather do the hairdresser thing. That's hey,
0: long. this is that. That question is a fantasy question because, like I said, we had a couple dancers, actually two dancers, backup dancers. on but
1: I would be there, but it would just be to like make you know those kids on the stage. You see, they like dancing ridiculous because they're like just in their own. They're just
0: so happy just to be there. Yeah, I would be fired, but I would enjoy it. <laughs> oh, yes. Thank you guys so much. Just get fired. Wonderful, wonderful. 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 Okay. So now I know that we have a lot of people who were watching, listening, and you know, it really resonated with them when we talked about how money and having financial freedom allows you to make decisions that are not only better for you, your family, but also for your community and for your job. And it emboldens you to be a better physician. And there are some women out there that's like, yes, that's right. That's right. I want to know where can I find this lady because I want to join her her program, and I want to be part of the Money Fit MD. So let them know where can they find you.
1: Yes, you can check out the link by going to my website at moneyfitfitmd.com forward slash M as in Mary, S as in Sam, and B as in boo-boo. <laughs> boo-boo. MSB. It's a money coaching school for badass women physicians, and it's a privilege should be then I'm just gonna say briefly mm-hmm. I think freedom is important I'm trying to get away a little bit from the word freedom because mm-hmm. I don't I think freedom has actually contributed to burnout a little bit because mm-hmm. the word has been so used and abused and it talks about long term only without thinking short term so mm-hmm. the term that I now use is it's my financial liberation for women physicians so liberation. this is what I want liberation financially for women physicians
0: Wonderful. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Dr. Latifat, for jumping on with us here. You are definitely one of our docs who cares, who is helping us to be liberated financially in order to do the things that we love, which, like I said, and this is contrary to what most people who are outside of medicine believe that if physicians earn more and they're financially liberated that they won't want to practice medicine is actually the opposite they will practice and they'll do so with a lot more joy in their heart. Liberation. All righty now. So I hear the saying liberation, liberation. liberation Thank you. Thank liberated. you so much, Dr. Sharida. Thank you so much, Dr. Latifak for stopping by. I hope you had as wonderful a time as I did. And now for all of you out there who are listening or those who are watching. Yes, do not forget to give Dr. Lati a high five. That's a five star review on our Docs Who Cure podcast page. You can find her beautiful face. You'll find that on our Your Caring Docs page. Just hit dot com. Hit the podcast page. Go down to her beautiful face. Hit that listen button. Yes, and you'll be able to hear this wonderful interview again. And if you are on an Apple device, do not forget, like I said, the five star. She's helping us get liberated, y'all. Liberation, liberation, liberation. Thank you again for watching and for listening. Dr. Latifah, do you have any final words for our people?
1: Thank you for what you do. Thank you for being here. If you're if you're watching Dr. Tamara's page, it means that you are you got your brain in the right place. Keep doing mm-hmm. what you do. Listen, guys, being a physician is a gift. We get to do it on our own terms, mm-hmm. so that we can be even bigger gifts. So, mm-hmm. if there's anywhere I can help you in that journey, please reach out. I have a ton of free resources. You can go on my podcast to listen. Your life matters. You matter, and you were. Born to have money. I don't care what anybody else has to say about it. So let's love do it. it.
0: Love it. Love it. And if you want to hear Dr. Latifah's podcast, she is the Money Fit MD. So check out our podcast M O N E Y F I T M D. Yes, thank you again, and we will see you guys next time. Bye bye. Bye everybody.